Hello, you're listening to season four of the Achieve With Me podcast. This fourth series is a special interview series showcasing interviews with some hugely inspiring women and men who have a thing or two to share with you about building your career and becoming more confident. My mission as a confidence and career performance coach is to empower women like you to grow in confidence and stretch your comfort zones to get to that next level in your career on your terms. Without further ado, I'm very excited to introduce today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, my ambitious ladies, and welcome back to another episode of the Achieve With Me podcast, the interview series. Now, I have another fantastic guest with us today. I know you're going to get so much from this episode. We're going to be talking all about the topic of personal branding. So let me talk to you a little bit more about Crystal Bulk. Crystal is the Chief Marketing Officer for JV Marketing Technologies. She is an Amazon number one bestseller, branding and marketing strategist, and a technology podcaster. Now, she has previously been featured in, this is a long list, guys, Univision, San Diego Voyager, USA Today, KCBQ The Answer, Telemundo, CNN, and many more. So she's been all over the place, really sharing her expertise, which is fantastic. Her number one book, and apologies if I butcher this title, is Decero al Exito, which means From Zero to Success. It's a really inspiring title. Um, Her passion is to leave a legacy behind where more diverse communities step out of their comfort zone and do what they are meant to in this world. Wow, so many fantastic synergies with what we're all about here at Achieve With Me. So absolutely thrilled to welcome you. Hi, Crystal. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm so well, thank you. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you? Good. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so excited to speak to all these women around the world. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, wonderful. So as you know, you know, with the Achieve With Me podcast, we tend to look at things like mindset, confidence, and communication skills. And we're always trying to support other women with trying to advance their careers. And so I love the topic of personal branding and your expertise is going to be hugely helpful here. So I think a good place to start, if you don't mind, is asking a question that some listeners could be thinking, which is what actually is a personal brand? Yeah, absolutely. A personal brand is basically who you are and who others see you out into the world, right? Um, A lot of times when we first meet someone face to face, um, the first thing we do is we kind of figure out what type of person they are just Mm. by their looks, right? However, a personal brand online is we kind of figure out a person of who they are by their online accounts. So that could be a website, that could be social media accounts, that could be anything interacted with the digital world. And it's very, very important because it ties in with everything else that you do, right? So let's think, let's bring it down a second. Imagine that, that you are that you really, really, really like a product, but then you want to figure out, well, who is the person behind this product? I want to know everything about this person, right? And you go and search this particular person. However, maybe you're not online in your online base. Maybe you're not 
fully equipped, right? Yeah. And what I mean by that is you're not really posting much. They don't really get much information about who the type of person that you are. So I really, really tell people in the best way that they understand is personal brand is thinking about it as your business card mm-hmm. is who you are at the end of the day. Yeah, that makes sense. So it, I suppose in the example that you gave, if you were interested in the product, but you couldn't find very much information out about the person, then you might think, well, I don't really know if I want to invest in this product because mm-hmm. I don't really know the story. Um, is that was that what you're guessing at? Yeah, we all come from, a, we all have, an, okay, we all have different experiences. We all come from different backgrounds. We all come and do different things for a reason, right? Your personal brand, besides who you are, it represents why you're doing what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, if you are constantly telling about your story, then guess what? People are going to they're going to buy into your story. It's very important because nowadays people are by emotionally, not necessarily logical, even though it's very pushed in the marketing world. Um, and you, you may relate to this virtual when you bought product. Yeah, it may work, but maybe there was other products similar to it, but because of the story behind it was what sold it, or maybe it looked really, really pretty, or maybe the packaging was nice, or maybe mm-hmm. even though it's the same product as something else, you didn't mind paying a little bit of extra dollars or euros um, mm-hmm. in order to buy the product. And so that refines the type of person. So if somebody is like coaching, right? Rachel, you coach. And there are other people that are doing similar to what you're doing. However, you already stand yourself in a way that it's like, this is who I am. This is why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. This is a story. This is how I help people. They're more likely to go with you because they have more of information at the end of the day of why you're doing what you're doing. Where there's somebody else, maybe they're very, uh, they didn't put enough information out there. And they're like, well, I don't know if I can trust this person. I don't know if they're genuine. I don't know if they're transparent. So the moment that they can't trust you is the moment that they're not going to go with you. And that's how personal brands are very, very important. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think as well, because a lot of the listeners are really keen to sort of get ahead in their career. One of the things that we don't necessarily think about all the time is creating that personal brand in the workplace and we let it happen totally organically without actually considering what perception we want to put out there whereas on our LinkedIn you know we've got a totally professional profile that maybe describes a person that actually doesn't really mirror um, the person that they see in real life so I think that it's really interesting to think about the ways in which the way that we portray our personal brand can actually be totally different to how we are face to face. And in in the world that we're in today, where let's face it, you know, we we do check everything online first, don't we? Um, it's super important to have that really attractive online presence, personal brand. But we also need to really think about our behaviour after that and how we actually behave in real life so it's really interesting and and I think that um I have certainly witnessed throughout my corporate career um people almost 
really not consider some of the things that they're saying or doing as it pertains to being professional. Um, what what would you say are the biggest mistakes that people are making when they aren't necessarily considering how their external perception, um, you know, is is going out to people? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of and one of the major things is people try to be somebody that they're not mm. just to impress because that's what they're seeing that somebody it works for somebody else. I think I think one of the major factors that I would say to those particular people is the best thing you can do is stick to your own values, your own self. Obviously with respect uh, everywhere you go. So if you're going to be posting something online, think about it. If I'm going to post it, that means I have to live it too. If I'm going to say something online, that means it has to also be in person as well. Um, it has to match. The moment that it no longer matches is the moment that people are going to be like, oh, oh I don't want to work with this person anymore. I don't want to <laughs> be around this person. And so being able to, to identify that is very important. I think we've unfortunately come into a culture a society around the world where an online presence is the most important part, no matter how much goofy you look or how you are it doesn't matter as long as you get what you what you went in for I disagree with that Rachel because I think and I've seen it a lot in in my career where people start to forget who they are and start returning to somebody else now if you are converting into somebody greater and better for your own self if you are reaching goals for just in a more positive manner then yeah go ahead of course change for the best but if it's changing for the worse, then guess what? That's only going to be momentarily because at the end of the day, that's not the real you. Mm. Um, and I would, I would, no matter where you are at, just be very careful with the communication that you're given. So if you are saying that, for example, you're putting online that you're a communicator, but yet in the real, real world, right, who call it, uh, you're not really communicating and you're being... Um, disrespectful to other people because we all have a different language right but um, as long as we find a way to have a common a common ground of communication in that particular area of expertise whether it's corporate or whether it's business whatever it is at the end of the day it's communication then we'll we all be able to coordinate in and come up to an agreement however if Imagine, imagine somebody hire hires somebody, right? Let's say you hire somebody, virtual, and then you're like, oh, they're, they're the best person. This is the type of pe- pe- person that I need in my world right now. I need so much help, this and that. And then, and part of this is I'm talking about Zoom calls too, okay? Not just, that's also face-to-face because that's the world we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. That's our face-to-face right now. And you get into a Zoom call, and it was completely opposite of what it was. Would you continue to work with that person? No, no. I think it sometimes feels a little bit deceptive in a way that you've you've felt as though they were one way, and then actually, when you're meeting face to face or or whatever, it's different. Yeah, you definitely would feel uncomfortable for sure. Right. It's kind of like dating online, and then you go to a date. And then you're like, oh, this is yeah. not what I was looking for. 
if that person wasn't honest in their profile or they were not truth and then you see them in person and you're like whoa this is definitely not gonna work and you get up and leave or whatever but my point being here is whatever you are online has to be whatever you are in person it has to match it has to match um a lot of times people think it has to be different but it really doesn't and part of it, unfortunately, as to a lot of the marketing that's out there, that is mm-hmm. no longer. But you know what, though, Rachel, I've seen a shift on people in the past two years where they want more real, more, you know, more clarity, more transparency. And um, I think that's helping out a lot in, in that particular area. And so people are starting to now tell their stories, their real themselves and things of that matter where before it wasn't. So Mm. I I would say there are some benefits on this. Yeah, I definitely recognize that. I think going back to something that you said earlier surrounding the communication skills, um, I feel really compelled to speak on this because part of what I do um, in my one-to-one coaching and within the work I do in, in businesses is try to get people to reflect on the communication style because it's so important to understand not just the way in which we communicate verbally, not just the tone of, you know, our speech, not just the volume, but actually looking at your participation in a two-way conversation. So, so often people think that they're having this great conversation, this great meeting, and the other person can't get a word in edgeways, right? And we're mm-hmm. seeing more and more of that because what people are doing is they're making TikToks, they're going live on Instagram, they're talking to a screen and do you know what? The screen doesn't reply. So they don't ever learn any of those really important skills about communicating and communicating in a professional environment as well, such as a workplace. Um, That's almost getting lost and it's almost like their voice is the most important one as they're creating that content. So I feel really, really strongly about helping people to really review their own communication style and continue across the years to refine that because it takes work, mm-hmm. especially when it is an evolving world out there. Um, and then the second thing that that I really agreed with was about how what we're starting to see more of now is people being encouraged to show up as their authentic selves. Um, so previously, you know, in the professional world, there was this really fine line between what's actually appropriate to share about your personal life um, versus, you know, looking like you've got it all together and, you know, you don't really have any problems. But now, you know, we want people to talk about things like mental health. We want people to talk about menopause, mm-hmm. you know, things that are happening, real life things. And um, so I think that, that authenticity um almost embracing that authenticity you're right I think it is helping but then some people again are struggling with this balance of how do I be authentic um which is crazy because again it's all going back to being out of practice of actually communicating in the way that you want to rather than the way that you think you should because you're watching too many online videos okay I'll add something into that because you did hit a couple important points in there. And the and you're right, there because we're the digital world, sometimes helps, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so 
there I have sat myself in tables where I can't get a word in either. And however, I converted and I tell that person, I'm glad that you were able to let go, let go of everything that you had inside. Because I sat there here and listened. And they're like, oh, I didn't even realize that I was doing that. Um, things of that matter. Um, in a nicely, most nicely a way that I can, you know, part of a communication, it is how to listen, right? Um, and part of my job, it is not just to take action, but to also sit there and observe and take a moment of how, how am I going to be able to assist or help this person? Whether that person becomes a client or not, it's fine. Whether they need resources, whether maybe they need a coach like yourself, Rachel, maybe whether, whether it's something else, because a lot of times when people are talking a lot too, they're not being heard somewhere else. Mm. And if they're coming, at least with me, this is my personal experience. Um, they're coming towards me and they're co- coming in that particular direction. I do give them the guidance in the sense of like, okay, if you want to do this, you got to learn to to exchange and actually now meet the other person, right? Mm. Um, I, I've, I've had those, but I, I'm, I'm proud to say that um, I don't take it in a negative way in the sense of, oh, I didn't get anything out of this meeting. <laughs> yeah. Like most people will. She talked a lot. <laughs> no, I, I took it as like, okay, I know where she's at now and how I can help her or if I can help her, if maybe just sitting there and helping her was giving her a little bit of direction, like, Hey, you're, you're, you're talking a little bit too much, not in that sense, but in a nice way. And, and being able to have that reflection. A lot of times we don't realize we're doing certain things and most people don't want to point it out because they don't know how we're going to react. And most people don't want confrontation and that's totally fine. But if you're a person that you're close to that particular person and say, Hey, obviously I have been also in conversations where the communication was not the most tactful way to tell somebody something. And that also it's going to, obviously if you're aggravated and you tell somebody something aggravated, they're going to be aggravated themselves (laughs) and return that aggravation. So definitely let's keep calm and there are ways to better communicate, right? Uh, Another factor that I wanted to point out, Rachel, you're amazing. You're amazing at what you're doing right now because I could tell that you generally care and you definitely want to make a difference on other people's life and most importantly, make them realize that, hey, there's other ways. Don't lose yourself, right? So and talking about the authentic side, people, in my experience, the digital world, remember, <laughs> I have seen a lot of people that they don't know who they are because they never had the opportunity to themselves. Mm-hmm. And what I mean with that is, have you sat down for months by yourself without telling, without somebody telling you who you are? Have you had the opportunity to write down things that you want to do, that you want to do with your life, things you reach, goals you want to reach. Have you had the opportunity to generally just maybe not tell people what you're doing, but, you know, we call it moving silently, 
because you definitely don't always want somebody to have their opinion because that's that's your life it's not their life I think what's happening and and I'll share a quick story of something that happened to me this past year and which I completely comprehend a lot of those people that are going through this and a lot of times your culture uh, your parents have kind of dictate like the, the life that you're going to have and doesn't give you the opportunity to really going deep into yourself mm-hmm. and see who you really are and what you're meant to be here, which is why in my bio, I say, I like to help people tap into their, into their true self and who they are and who they're meant to be in order to leave a legacy behind. I'm a full believer, Rachel, that if we can change mentalities and mindsets and a lot of different stuff for women, I'm a full believer that we can change families. Mm-hmm the way they operate. I'm currently in another country right now and I'm, I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much from this particular culture and how women are and how men are and how the men treat women and how generations are passed down and then their kids are seeing that and they think that's okay and that mommy only has to stay home and that's it and we're more than that. And so um, last year, I, I went through a really hard shift in my life. It's kind of like one day I sat there and I said, I did everything I was supposed to do. Where do I, where do I go wrong? Mm. But see, I did everything I was supposed to do. I didn't say I did everything I wanted to do. Wow. Yeah, that's such an important distinction, isn't it? Wow. So I continue the story. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. And I sat there and I was like, oh my God, I was not doing this for myself. I was doing this for somebody else from the way I was raised. I mean, there's so many factors that go into this. So I did a 360 degree shift. People didn't see me for months. I (laughs) disappeared. I went in and and went into my whole self and figure out who is Crystal Bulk. People see me, like you were saying, people see me and they're like, oh, she's so successful. My closest friends see me like, you're already successful. However, I, at, the moment, at that moment, I didn't feel that way. Mm. And I didn't feel that way because I wasn't my true self, right? So how did I figure that out? I took a lot. It took a lot out of me. And I think that's where people don't want to put in the work, but you have to put in the work to figure out because I, I promise you that coming into the other side is so rewarding and it's so much freedom because I was in a position where I was, I was holding on a lot of information and things that didn't belong to me. So the moment that I relieved myself, my back, my shoulders didn't hurt anymore. My back didn't hurt anymore. Nothing hurt. And a lot of times we have pains in our body, but that's because a lot of times it's emotional pain or my, mm. and we don't realize it. And so then, you know, it's a revolving thing. But what I wanted to say with that is just because you see things online doesn't necessarily mean that everything is true. Mm. A, lot, a lot of those people have to be different in order to be liked because that's the only way that there is. Now, if I had a real, I'd probably be <laughs> a little funny because that's how I like stuff and more true, true to myself, true to, okay, well, this is what I do. I'm, I'm not, you know, that complete, actually, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, let's do podcasts on real life. Yeah. And 
and just things that we go through. And so definitely if you're a person that hasn't figured out who they are and what they, what they want yet, I definitely recommend take a moment, however time you need to yourself without people around you and figure out who you are and what you really want. And mm-hmm. believe me that they'll help, they'll change your whole entire world. Yeah, it absolutely will. And I love that you said that because I'm forever talking about the work, doing the work in inverted commas. And I think sometimes people think, what on earth are you talking about? Until they get to that place where they have a deep contemplation, they have personal reflection and they let themselves, they they allow themselves to really be in that moment where there aren't any labels on them, where they're not mum for a minute, where they're not a wife for a minute, where they're not fitting into any of these particular things that they feel they're meant to. And they just look look and revisit back into who am I and what do I actually want to do? And you're absolutely right when you say most people aren't willing to do the work because they're frightened. Um, and it is frightening to be vulnerable sometimes. I, I understand that, but... I'm also such an advocate for vulnerability because, you know, it's where we find our true selves and there's so much strength that comes from it. So I absolutely love everything that you just shared. And thank you for sharing your personal story as well, because that's really brave. You know, hats off to you for being vulnerable um, in that share. It's, if you were to to describe the you that's come out of this journey versus the you that started off in the journey, what would you say the main differences are? Ooh, that's a very good question. There's a lot, actually. The main mm. main difference, I would say, I no longer care. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say that is, I think I took in a lot of things that are not for me in the sense of I wanted to help everybody. I can't help everybody, right? Um, I When I said no longer care, I, I mean, I care about stuff, but I mean, I no longer care if things don't go a certain way because now I'm just like, oh, if it's not going a certain way, then it must be for a reason. But I'm just going to keep moving and doing my own things. I think a lot of times what it was, especially back in the day when I was an owner, of a marketing company, you sit there and you're like, this has to work. I don't have another option. This has to work. I'm not going back to corporate. This has to work. And I think in that moment, I pushed a lot of things that shouldn't have been pushed, worn me out. I came out exhausted out of that whole situation. Um, I worked like mad hours. I, I was everything, right? I was my seller. I was my marketing. I was absolutely everything everywhere. I burned myself out. Now I'm in a whole different position of where, what do I really want in the sense of peace of mind is, is the difference now is that I don't negotiate peace of mind anymore. Yeah. If it's, it's, if it's giving me anxiety, if it's, it's working towards the opposite of what I want, then it's not worth it. Now, a lot of it, I have been able to self-control myself on external situations. And what I mean by that is if a family member, some of you might relate this, if a family member wasn't getting along with another family member, it would give me anxiety. 
Mm. Because I'm like, oh, now we have all this mess that we have to deal with. This is getting awkward. <laughs> this is this is now because it rubs into the rest of the family, right? Whether we want it or not, it will, you know. Now they're fighting. Okay, I'll see you guys later. I'm sure you guys will figure it out. Take care. I'll see you guys mm. soon. Being able to have actually a align with other people is very important. And that's something that I have learned um, has helped me along the way in my path. And I will say that um, I no longer worry about things. I know there's a lot of moms out there that worry about their kids. And one of the things I will say is we can't control everything. We just mm-hmm. can't. <laughs> what we can do is keep calm because there's always going to be something coming coming through in the sense of something's going to always happen. But how we react at the end of the days, if you stay calm, you'll be able to come up with a better solution than when we're anxious at the end of the day. Yes, 100%. I just love all of that. I think um, peace of mind is absolutely what we should all be striving for. Forget, you know, well, forget all the things materially that you think you want, that you think you need. Peace of mind is the most powerful, powerful thing. And, and I've learned that in the last two years since starting my business. Um, a bit like you were describing, I'm everyone, you know, I do everything, although I have just got a new assistant. She's fantastic. So I'm thrilled about that. But, you know, it can feel like there's a lot of worry resting on your shoulders and a lot of pressure in your life. And I would ask the listeners to consider which elements of pressure have you invited or which elements of pressure that you're feeling currently, could you just switch off like that? Because I bet that there are actually a lot of them that you could simply decide, I'm actually not emotionally investing in this today because I'm prioritizing myself and my happiness. And, you know, that's where all the good stuff happens. So as the listeners will probably know, there's always a theme in this podcast. No matter who comes on and what the topic is that we're going to be talking about, we end up talking about fulfillment and mindset. And, you know, I feel that we are going definitely down a path to, to really looking at digging and exploring that. And I could talk to you for hours, but I know I want to talk to you about a couple of other things in relation to what you're doing and in relation to personal branding. Um, so let's crack back on with that then. So I was curious, um, as somebody who's at your level, so a C-level professional, what are the main qualities in a person um, to work with would make them really stand out to you as part of their personal brand? One of the things I've learned in my level that just be grounded I, I don't, I, I think because I'm at my level doesn't necessarily mean I have all the answers. Um, a lot of times we have to rely on our teams. And as a leader, as a leader in that particular area, my job is to make sure that I build good leaders at the end of the day. And some of the qualities in my particular area I, that would, I would strive for the best, 
not everybody has the best qualities, but are in that particular area for, you know, different reasons. But I would, I would say that they caring, generally caring for your people, for your team is very important. And when I say generally caring, I mean, like caring about their lives, about who they are as a person, not just a worker. Um, there's a lot that has happened in the past two years in a lot of people's lives that has shifted their whole entire life. Like I, I went to that too, <laughs> and I comprehend. But people that are still in sea levels that are probably doing the opposite um, are probably going to be sh- changing because the market for the, is changing too. Our new employees are demanding for gen- for caring for people that are just be human. I'm, you know, my mom's in the hospital. My dad's, you know, has Alzheimer. My kids, you know, that's a lot of pressure already in their personal life. And if they're in their personal life, they're not going well. It's going to rub into the business. So if they feel like they're coming into work and adding an additional stress into their life rather than alleviating that and be like, I came to do my work and I'm having a great time here. Um, a lot of people escape their own personal lives and go to work um, and spend more time at work than they are with their own families during a week. Well, those people that go in, those that are remote, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. But being able to be comprehensive is, is is probably one of the main qualities that I would say. Also, be, we were just talking about it, but be communicative. Like if something has a C level, it bugs you or you have expect unrealistic expectations, right? Uh, people should be doing this or people should be doing that, but you're not really communicating. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it, that's a huge factor of how do you want people to, the employees to understand that what you really mean. And so if they're doing the best they can with the information that they're getting, so that comes out of that C-level responsibility at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I would say the third one would be um, make sure that the the values of everyone in the team with C-level also stick to the values of the business. I think when everybody's on the same page and have been a part of it, part of the communication, but when everybody's on the same page and they enjoy to go to work and they love what they do and they love their bosses, one of the main reasons why people leave their jobs is because they have a problem with somebody in a higher level, whether we like it or not. I've personally left jobs because of it. And you would think, those are the people that you're supposed to confine in. And those are the people that, that are supposed to be supporting you. And they're giving you a very hard time when really realistically, it could be a simple fix. I want to say though, I just want to add this, Rachel, I would say that 90% of the issues that are happening are because of communication. Yes. And like you were saying, not just any kind of communication, but also of how you react that's a part of communication so if somebody's giving you bad news and you're reacting in a way or vice versa then that's that's already creating a heated situation as it is and, and you shouldn't have to right a lot of times uh c-level professionals are kind of in the middle between the business and the employees where mm-hmm. you know we're trying to have the balance 
that we can in order to maintain the business happy and the employees happy. And I think that's for me, it has been one of the toughest things to do, but yet one of the most rewarding. Um, I'm not your typical sea level. I'm very like, hi, how are you? Nice. <laughs> Let's have a good day. Everything's going to be fine. Um, how can I support you at the end of the day? That's my job. And so mm-hmm. being able to, to have that culture and uh, it's very important. Yeah, you're right though, because um, that is something that is a requirement of people now, being relatable and proactively trying to ensure that that kind of hierarchical gap in inverted commas is closed by your communication style. I've worked for organizations before where, oh my goodness me, you know, the directors quite frankly wanted you to be scared of them. You know, that was part of the culture. And today that's totally augmented into, you know, having leaders that that truly, truly care about people is absolutely a prerequisite for success. Um, mm-hmm. So it's great to see that, you know, and that's obviously why you've been so successful in your career, because you have those qualities and that innate need and, and desire to care and understand people. Um, so that's great to hear. So what is, I'm just curious, um, you know, what is it within your role that, that your main sort of day-to-day things that you work on? I do a lot of things that because it's a small business, it requires sometimes to do things outside of your role. If that makes any sense. I do a lot with the clients and they're like a lot of meetings. <laughs> I have a lot of meetings, a lot of meetings with the clients, you know, coming up with their marketing plan and everything for the application. So basically what what I what I mainly do is let me back up a little. This is a a, a, a software and marketing company called JB Marketing Technologies. And basically we create applications, but we don't just create them, we consult. So we've realized that there's a gap in this particular market. It's a having an application is wonderful, right? Because everybody has a phone now. Everywhere in the world they have phones. Little kids now like the other way, my niece is like seven. She has a phone. And so being able to create an innovative idea for a phone application, thinking about your Uber, think about Bumble, things of that matter that are people have ideas, but they're actually taking action. But we've realized that some of the issues that they're having is that they were just creating applications, but they were really treating it as a business, meaning they didn't have a business plan, they didn't have a sales plan, they didn't have a marketing plan. We also help with investors and things of that matter. So my role in that particular project is basically to talk with the clients and assist them in the branding and the marketing and create a lot of different documents that are going to need it for investors because we also help them find investors, which we already have more than 5,000 resources that are already finding. They're looking for people that are having this type of ideas so that they can roll it out which is wonderful. And I just, since we're mainly talking to women here, I just want to say there's so much funding for women and technology, because think about it. If you're an app, you're in technology. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, being able to being able to share that in, to the world and also gives you the opportunity to still be with your family, still do things that you need to do on your end. So it's actually a pretty nice gig. And on top of that, I do all the marketing for the company. 
And because when I came to the place, it was just a software company. So when I came to place, I brought in the marketing aspect. And so being mm-hmm. branding, the logo, things of that matter. Um, now we, it, we were happy enough to be featured in, you know, television and, you know, podcasts and radios and things of that matter, articles to, to better help down the awareness of this particular company and the good that it's doing. So my day-to-day is a lot of meetings. Um, I do a lot of marketing plannings, things of the matter. So I'm talking like 50-page 50, 50 reports, things of the matter. Talking to the teams, scheduling, making sure the schedules and the postings are to date. We have a podcast. It's just where we bring in and talk about about our what we're doing, but also we bring in our guests, meaning our clients, to talk about their particular project as well and when it's going to be rolled out and all the great stuff. And that's actually been a recent development and just basically more PR and making sure that we're ahead of the game in that matter. Oh, cool. Oh, do you know, I would love to link your podcast in the show notes because I think it would be really interesting for people to learn more about that process. And, um, you know, talking about technology, uh, prior to coaching, my background was in tech and um, not doing the technical aspects, but, you know, um, doing the sales element. And I know that some of my um, some of my network listen to this podcast who are still in the tech industry. So that would be really interesting for um, us to pop some details in the show notes. So um, listeners, there should be plenty of information for you to find by the time you hear this in the show notes on how to connect with Crystal um, and check out her technology podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we are featuring Facebook, LinkedIn, we have our own YouTube, so definitely happy to help. And um, we always want to get feedback from people about the information that's out there. So if definitely you're more than welcome to write in the comments of something that you liked or something that you would like to see down the road as, as a subject, please feel free. Awesome. That sounds great. Um, okay, perfect. So obviously, we. I was just curious to find out more about your role. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so if we if we dive back into looking at from the perspective of people and how they kind of come across and I actually include in one of my group coaching programs some statistics on first impressions Um, and one of those statistics is that only actually seven percent of a first impression is made up by the actual content of what you say and the rest of that first impression is made up by how you look and how you sound And I think that first impressions are so, so interesting when you're meeting someone face to face. But as we've sort of touched on a couple of times in the episode, um, first impressions now tend to be with people online. So I know that we discussed earlier some of the challenges that that presents if those two don't match up. Um, but from within your role, do you see any challenges outside of that with sort of connecting with people online rather than face to face from a first meeting? When you say online, does Zoom calls count? Yeah, I guess I guess I would now deem a Zoom call as a face to face. But I suppose what I mean is um you know, if you were to check out someone's LinkedIn profile or, um, you know, some of their social media and get an impression of them from then, 
um, and then meet them face to face? Yes, I've seen it both ways. I've seen it where I'll check somebody's Instagram or, and I won't check, check LinkedIn only because yes, they look professional. That's great. This doesn't give, really give me much about them as a person. So I'll go either check their Facebook or their Instagram, some other platform. And I ha- it's ha- happened to me where I check their Instagram or Facebook and they look like you you give an expression by the way they dress. They may dress sharp and they may be good, but maybe they don't smile a lot in the pictures, right? So you think, oh, maybe this person's not very social or this person might not be like very friendly. Things of that matter, right? Gives me that nonverbal aspect of it. But then when I get in this Zoom call or meet this person in, in person, um, I have a way to bring people's abilities and their true selves out with me mm-hmm. because I have, I let, I allow them, I allow them to be themselves. And once I get to meet sometimes those people, they totally shock me because I, it, I had an impression of them already coming in yeah. like, okay, I'm going to have to be a little more serious, things of that matter. But when I get to meet them, they're like total sweethearts. They're good people. They have, you know, good head on their shoulders, things of that matter that I said, okay, well, well, we need to fix your, your image in here. <laughs> it doesn't co- coordinate. Yeah. Or I have, I have, I have been one of those people judge a book by its color, by their, by the way they appear online. And then when I get to meet them and I'm like, you're definitely somebody grounded and down to earth. It doesn't, but I understand because the type of work requires them to do certain stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, they have to be serious and they have to be in that matter. That's what they tell me. I, I don't know. And they have to be serious. They have to be taken serious. Obviously, I get it. I do. Like, obviously, you're not going to be like, hi, I'm right here. <laughs> Things of that matter when it's something financial or something like of that matter. It's the, the type of audience that they have and the type of clientele don't want somebody that's like super friendly in that matter right they just want to make sure that somebody that can actually execute and get the job done so I can see why this that's that however in my professional opinion I believe that there's ways to mix in the two so mm-hmm. I've now I've seen, seen the shift in some of these people that are having to post very seriously and not themselves however for example, like they'll keep it very serious in LinkedIn because that's like the majority of their people are there. But in Facebook, they'll post something inspirational or something about their lives or something about them for a little bit, just a tad, where it gives them an understanding of the rest of us. Like, okay, I can definitely work with this person. Mm. For me personally, I look into the character and their values a lot if I'm going to work with somebody. Part of it is because... um you know, I'm just going to give you an example. And I know this is like going to be a weird one, but if they're treating their mom wrong, what makes you think that they're not going to treat me wrong? Even yeah. though, because I'm not even their mother, like I'm nobody to them. So I, I look at things of that matter in, in business. Okay. Not dating here, but business in, in the sense of we go for dinner and we're ha- talking about business and they're treating the waitress wrong. Mm. that gives me an understanding that okay this person right now it's not being genuine with me yeah because that's not okay uh i've seen it too where people people tend to go by the image 
right, of the person. And a lot of times, um, yes, the image is good, but maybe they can't execute right or they don't know how to and things of that matter. And then there are all these problems occur. So there's a lot of different factors here. But for me personally, um, I, 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 what you see is what you get. I definitely, everywhere I go, now I may go in and be observant of the room and the type of people that I'm working with and seeing if they will, you know, the type of humor or their type of character as it is. And then I'll go from there. I feel the room before I do anything that I do do. However, I don't really hold myself back much. Um, and you can do stuff in a respectful manner. Like we had initially talked about, you can still be yourself and be, res but as long as you're respectful, right, you're not going to be, you know, talking about somebody's, appearance in that in that moment you're not going to be doing none of that you just basically are going to engage them into the conversation in a nice and respectful way yeah I think that's really important as well when it comes to things like interviews and um, used a phrase of what you see is what you get and I think that's really important because um and, and sometimes I'm conflicted by this actually if I'm being honest because an element of what I do does sometimes include things like interview coaching and helping people prepare to put across their, for their best self. And I believe that we should come aim to come across as a turned up version of ourselves. So us on a really good day is, is kind of the way that I, I think that we should aim to come across. But I also know that some people find that they don't necessarily have their professional characteristics without kind of being guided to, to how to put across something in a certain way. So I think that I am sometimes conflicted between coaching people to be able to say what they mean and what they know they want to say, but in a professional way. I don't believe that that takes away from their authentic character but I do think that it opens doors for them. However, sometimes I do feel concerned, not necessarily my clients, but anybody else, people who have an aim of going into an interview to get that job. So they adapt what they're saying so much so that it fits exactly with the job description and the remit that they think that that person wants to hear. And then let's say they get the job. That sounds like a victory, but You've got to continue on the act now. You know, you've got to continue on putting this front on that that you put on in the interview. And I think that really thinking about bringing your personal branding back down to the level that shows what your values are, but shows how you can use those values in a professional way to impact that organization um, or, or, or do your job in a way that really shows a completely different side or um, sort of theme that anybody else could do. So I think that it's interesting to study the way that you are, um, but be mindful of, you know, what you see is what you get, exactly what you said, Crystal. And, you know, we can't continue to try and come across a certain way because we think that's what someone wants to hear. Because as you've said, 
that wouldn't be what you would want to hear in that situation. You would want to really understand someone's values from, from right from the off. So I think it's an interesting one, but I think people really need to bring their awareness to how they're putting themselves across and what their motivation behind how they're putting themselves across is as well. I have a question for you since you have mentioned it and um, just curious to see how you would navigate this particular. We're as far as corporate, we're stuck in the, in, in a zone where we have new companies coming in with new cultures and then old companies worth being the old, just doing the same things and yeah. treating people the same way and not, not the best way either. So if you have somebody that's going into a particular interview, but they're applying for a position where their director might have an old mindset thinking, how do you navigate with that? It is challenging. I think that what you first of all would need to do is identify that their mindset would be like that so that you can prepare. Um, Obviously, depending on what your preparation methods are, hopefully that you'd have a bit of an understanding of that beforehand. And I think really being respectful of, you know, some of the characteristics and mindsets surrounding the behavior that comes with that is fear-based. It's a fear of evolution of change. Um, And so really acknowledging the fact that, you know, I know that you've got an existing heritage with doing things in this way. And I massively respect that. What I would love to do is really bring a new energy in here and really mix in some of the fantastic ways that you've done things um, with some great new ways that are innovative um, without losing our existing culture. And that is how I would recommend that somebody approach that because even if, you know, you think, goodness me, you know, that's, so old-fashioned the way they're doing that you have to respect that that company has been built on a heritage over time and the resistance to change could be down to fear of not understanding things um a lot of directors um if they've been around for some time might find technology intimidating you know we're not necessarily just talking about tech companies if they feel that the new ways to market are ways that they don't understand then that that's probably why they're bringing in new people with a new perspective. And um, does that answer your question? Yeah, I was just saying for anybody that out there that's probably going through that because there is a lot of shifts happening mm-hmm. at this moment in a lot of companies have to make the shift because the employees are asking for those shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just curious to see since in the interviews, like you were mentioning, you want to be the best of your, you know, you want to be the best however I think I I would say some of the things that has previously worked for me is putting in my own conditions I I don't I think I would forget as an interview well I don't know if the culture is different but in interviews I've been to you're not the person's not just interviewing me I'm interviewing them as a person in the company because at the end of the day does my values and my definition of mental health in that sense is it going to fit with this particular company because if it doesn't no matter how much of a good of a pay is at the end of the day it's going to cost more because it's going to cost your peace of mind right 
Um, so being able to understand that just because it's the best job or that's something you wanted, however, if you go into that interview and you feel like something's off or something doesn't fit right, it's and you've put your own conditions and they don't they don't accept those conditions or they don't really take them seriously, then that's your cue to know, okay, this is not the right spot for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And using that time to really get to understand or assess, really, I suppose is a better word, their willingness to adapt to change, because you're absolutely right. If your values are going to be questioned during that time, it's not going to work as a long-term strategic relationship. And so often, well, certainly through the years, there's been this hierarchy of almost the employer and then the person that comes for the interview. And what we're starting to see now is people stepping up and, and interviewing that company, which is great because it we're seeing a better fit, right? Um, and actually removing yourself from that process in a dignified, respectful and professional way and saying that you just don't think that, you know, it's the right fit um, is a really p- powerful move, I think, rather than thinking, well, if I get made a job offer, I have to take it. Um, so things have changed a lot in that way. And I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, it's your cue to remove yourself from that situation if you don't feel like it's a good fit. Absolutely. So it's it's been great to cover off all these things with you. And I'm so, so grateful that, you know, myself and the listeners of Achieve With Me have benefited from your expertise today. So thank you so, so much. And any final words to the listeners before we conclude this episode? Absolutely. I just want to say that always just be your true self and in everything that you do moving forward, just keep your head up high and do the things that make you happy and you enjoy at the end of the day, because that's your life. No one else is going to take your life but you you are going to be leading with your own expertise and your own experiences and then you have to deal with those situations not anybody else so I think this is the moment to definitely take into not taking consideration that um, you're not alone of course but at certain moments you have to make decisions for yourself yeah thank you so much Rachel for having me here in your audience I, I hope that they found some value and I'm, I'm more than happy to assist anybody that may have any additional questions with marketing and stuff. I know that it can be tricky as well. And I can't wait for some of you to hear the podcast and get some of your feedback. And thank you for everything that you do, Rachel, and for, for generally caring and doing this from the heart. Oh, wonderful. Thanks so much. And as we mentioned earlier, guys, we're definitely going to link all the information about where to find Crystal and look at their technology podcast as well. So check that out in the show notes and thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Achieve With Me podcast. If you like what you heard, please do leave me a rating and a review. And if you're not already following me on social media, it's at Rachel Harriet Coaching on Instagram. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, Rachel Gilfrin. Have a great day.